0: There was Watergate, and now apparently there's Spygate. President Trump doubles down, plus another day and another round of journalists being barred from a government event. And the Secretary of State lays out what the U.S. is willing to give to North Korea. Spoiler alert, it's not much. This is the State of America tonight.
1: We now call it Spygate. You're calling it Spygate. If in fact this occurred, could be one of the biggest scandals in history. I did not see anybody who served as a spy in the Trump campaign.
2: Michael Cohen's longtime business partner is cooperating with prosecutors as part of a plea deal. We will know next week about
1: Singapore, and if we go, I think it'll be a great thing for North Korea.
3: We're optimistic that we can achieve an outcome that would be great for the world.
0: I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. As the sun came up, Donald Trump threw down. Remember the big caveat of yesterday, if there was a big spy in the Trump campaign, listen.
1: If they had spies in my campaign, that would be a disgrace to this country. It would be very illegal, aside from everything else.
0: That big if... Today is gone with tweets like these. The spy was there early in the campaign and they go after a phony collusion with Russia, a made up scam and end up getting caught in a major spy scandal.
1: All you have to do is look at the basics and you'll see it looks like a very serious event, but we'll find out. When they look at the documents, uh, I think people are gonna see a lot of bad things happen. I hope it's not so. Because if it is, there's never been anything like it in the history of our country.
0: The president now even going as far as to give the story a catchy nickname, Spygate.
1: I want them because everybody wants to solve. But a lot of bad things have happened. We now call it Spygate. You're calling it Spygate. A lot of bad things have happened.
0: For the record, no one is calling it Spygate except the president. And, for the record, the president hasn't offered any proof, and other U.S. officials have actually said there isn't proof because it didn't happen. Regardless, the inspector general is going to investigate. All of it inspiring James Comey, the man Donald Trump fired as the FBI director, to take to Twitter as well. With this, facts matter, he writes. The FBI's use of confidential human sources, the actual term, is tightly regulated and essential to protecting the country. Attacks on the FBI and lying about its work will do lasting damage to our country. How will Republicans explain this to their grandchildren? The president did not answer that question, but also couldn't resist responding.
1: I think James Comey's got a lot of problems if you look at what he did, if you look at all of the lies.
0: Suggesting a spy was buried deep in his campaign is a perfect way for the president to try and attack once again the so-called deep state, which he named explicitly on Twitter in that tweet. Deep state is the term often used for the conspiracy theory that there are career government officials pulling the levers of power no matter who is elected by the American people. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was asked about that very thing today.
3: I don't believe there's a, a deep state at the State Department. Okay. Thank you. Uh,
4: you formerly served as CIA director. Do you believe uh, your colleagues at the CIA are part of the criminal deep state?
3: You know, this this term deep state's been thrown around. <laughs> um, i I'll say this. The, the employees that work for me at the CIA, uh, nearly uniformly, were aimed at achieving the president's objectives and America's objectives.
4: But in general, you're confident that uh, the
3: members of the various agencies are honoring their oaths to the United States Constitution. Yeah, yeah, in in general, yes, sir.
0: So where are we all going to finally get some answers? As the saying goes, sunshine is the best disinfectant. Transparency is exactly what we're talking about, people, and Donald Trump says that's exactly what he's going for.
1: What I want is I want total transparency. Wait, you have to have transparency. Even they probably want transparency because this issue supersedes a party. This supersedes Republicans and Democrats. So what I want from Rod, from the FBI, from everybody, we want transparency.
0: But apparently not too much transparency. Look no further than embattled EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt. For the second straight day, journalists were denied access to a government event about clean water hosted by Pruitt.
5: Yesterday, when journalists from CNN and other outlets tried to attend, they were told they could not participate. Now, there were empty seats in the room at the time, so that seemed kind of odd. Now, this is the second day in a row where journalists are being turned away. And I think, Kate, it's symbolic of a broader uh, attempt to close the door.
0: If yesterday there wasn't enough space, no word yet if today's problem was also a space issue. We do know, though, that the CNN producer who tried to attend the event was told this by a uniform security guard at today's event. And this is a quote. They ain't doing the CNN stuff. Yeah. And for those of you keeping score at home, one measure of White House transparency has always been the White House briefing, press briefing. And here is the very latest on Donald Trump's track record on this. In the past 30 days, there have been just 10 press briefings. If there was a press briefing today, the White House might expect to get some questions about this one. Michael Cohen, again, the president's personal attorney, who's dealing with yet another legal headache today. His name, the headache, is Gene Friedman, the so-called taxi king of New York. He's a business partner of Michael Cohen's. The New York Times reports Friedman has struck a plea deal with the New York attorney general to cooperate as a possible witness, and that could put pressure on Cohen to seek a deal of his own.
5: They were in business uh, for uh, at least dating back to 2012. For a period of time, Mr. Friedman managed um, Mr. Cohen's New York taxi medallions. They were pretty close business associates.
0: But Michael Cohen says that's not the case, taking to Twitter to defend himself. With this, I am one of thousands of medallion owners who entrust management companies to to operate my medallions according to the rules of the New York City Taxi and Limousine Commission. Gene Friedman and I are not partners, have never been partners in this business or any other. You now know much more about the taxicab business in New York City than you ever wanted to. But no matter what they say in public, you can guess that investigators already know the exact nature of their relationship. So stand by to stand by with this one. And we're definitely still standing by to find out what the heck is going on with another issue with the North Korean nuclear summit. The president has made clear that it's all up in the air. But today, his secretary of state told Congress the sit down is still on. And if it happens, the secretary laid out what they're ready to give and it's not much.
3: It is my view that we have made zero concessions to Chairman Kim to date, and we have no intention of doing so.
0: But to critics that the president's unpredictability is threatening success here and elsewhere around the globe, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations now makes the case, you all should think again. The truth is, I would always use the unpredictability of President Trump to help me get the sanctions through. So I would say, we have to cut off the laborers. We, you know, we have to do this. And they'd say, no, 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 we can't do that. And I would say, OK, but I can't promise you that President Trump won't use the military. If, if unpredictability then is working there, will it work back at home with the midterm elections just around the corner? Last night, here is the president's somewhat, I guess we could say, unconventional pitch to a room full of supporters.
1: But if Democrats gain power, they will try to reverse these incredible gains. These are historic gains. They will try and reverse many of them. So your vote in 2018 is every bit as important as your vote in 2016. Although I'm not sure I really believe that, but, you know. (laughs) I don't know who the hell wrote that line. I'm not sure. But it's still important, remember.
0: That officially now has become my new favorite Donald Trump line. I know, of course, there are plenty of them to choose from. But today, this one just takes the cake for me. So let's head over to the White House right now. Jeremy Diamond is there for us. Jeremy, what changed overnight? Why is the president so sure there's a spy in his campaign today? Whereas yesterday, it was still a big if.
5: Well, yeah, that's right, Kay. He went from going, if this is true, to giving this uh, scandal, if you will, that he claims exists, a name. Spygate is what the president is now referring it to, both on Twitter and on camera today, uh, just before he left the White House. And he's also calling this one of the biggest political scandals in history. This biggest political scandal, though, well, there's no real evidence to back it up at this point. The president is uh, seizing on these reports that the FBI uh, used a confidential source to gain some information into Russian attempts to influence the election, perhaps uh, to coordinate with the Trump campaign. But there was no spy planted inside the Trump campaign. That has so far been debunked. Uh, And and the notion that any of this was politically motivated, of course, well, there's no evidence to back that up either. But that has not stopped the president from continuing to issue that claim, especially today. Uh, And it really falls in line with a number of other conspiracy theories that the president has echoed over uh, the year and a half of his presidency. wiretapping, for example, the claim that President Obama wiretapped the president, also debunked. uh, And that before that, before he was president, of course, there was the whole issue of birtherism. But really, this falls into the president's broader efforts to try and undermine the Mueller investigation, and that is what we are seeing playing out. Now we know that House Republicans uh, are set to receive a briefing from the Justice Department brokered by the White House so that they can learn more of this issue. So which way will this conspiracy theory go? We will have to wait and see. Uh, And on another note, Kate, I believe today's the two-year anniversary of your show. Congratulations and wishing you more success.
0: Ah, Thank you. And what a long yet short road it feels like it has been so far. Jeremy, great to see you. Thanks, man. Coming up for us, the big reveal is tomorrow. Justice Department officials meeting with two Republican congressmen about highly classified material in the Russia probe. Jeremy was talking about it. Why no Democrats in the room? Should there be? We'll talk about it. President Trump is known to like a nickname or two. Do you remember little Marco and lying Ted? Who could forget Crooked Hillary? Well, now there's a new one to add to the bunch. Spygate. The panel with me tonight. Doug High, CNN political commentator and former communications director for the Republican National Committee. Matt Vizer is here, CNN political analyst and deputy Washington bureau chief for the Boston Globe. Emily Tush Sussman is the vice president for campaigns at the Center for American Progress Action Fund. And John Phillips is a KABC talk radio host. Great to have you here. Matt, first to you. The president went from if there was a spy in my campaign to today there was a spy in my campaign what do you think transpired overnight that changed everything
6: well, I mean, I, I think it's continued, uh, it's like sort of fog machine that, that Trump mm. puts over uh, what, what's going on I do on love here. a fog we, we... machine,
0: but maybe you're saying this <laughs> in a negative connotation.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's taking uh, certain facts and um, conflating them and, and turning it into something that is more toward his advantage. And the facts don't uh, support uh, what his claims are so far. There's no evidence of somebody inside of his campaign Um, being planted there. Uh, There is evidence of an an informant who is Mm -hmm. helping the FBI and talking to the FBI uh, to to help an investigation. And and so I I do think that President Trump is is trying to cloud the truth here. And it may end up somewhere where he is suggesting it is, but we don't have that at this point. And and he's, uh, you know, sort of, again, like fogging over the truth.
0: John Phillips, my friend, the inspector general is looking at this. Multiple U.S. officials, though, say that has told CNN that this really is not the case, that this was not a spy. Is the president just peddling in another conspiracy theory?
4: no, not at all. I think, in fact, we're splitting hairs, whether they're a spy or an informant or whatever it is that you want to call them. They were gathering information, gathering intelligence and doing God knows what with it. We also know that Jim Comey lied about the date that the government started looking into the campaign. He said it happened in late July. Now we know it happened in early July. When Jim Clapper went on The View yesterday, he said that they were doing it to protect President Trump and to protect his campaign and that the Russians were the targets. Well, if that's the case, then Donald Trump is the victim, and there's no reason why you wouldn't inform the victim that you're doing something like this. I would also note that this would not be the first time that something like this would have happened. President Johnson had a spy from the CIA on the Barry Goldwater campaign in 1964 who was giving inside information to President Johnson all through the campaign, and because President Johnson won, we didn't find out about this until years and years later. They all expected President Trump to lose, Hillary Clinton to win, and we'd never know about this. Now we know about it, and it should be investigated.
0: Doug, one thing, and while nothing is certain at this moment, not even my sanity, but one thing is certain is that Donald Trump clearly thinks this works with someone. He doesn't hammer and obsess on one topic unless he thinks it's working for him. That's how this man operates. Does this get Republicans on his side? Does this win Republicans? over like back in the fold
7: well he's already won republican voters over the republican voters throughout the country are overwhelmingly behind donald trump poll after poll shows is this what shows... they
0: want is this what they is this is this i'm like is this works is what you're saying
7: well, I, th- I think it's consistent with a theme that's worked for Trump all along, which is castigate your enemies, castigate the government, create doubt where you can, sow doubt as often as you can. And under, unfortunately, what, what troubles me here is it really undermines uh, faith in, in our law enforcement um, in a way that then will, as we've got this large investigation going on, obviously, benefit Trump potentially politically to that base to say, yep, there was a spy and we can't believe this, we can't believe that. And ultimately, it all feeds itself into what your earlier segment was about, was a lack of transparency um, from the White House. There's a lot this White House does that I like, but there's a whole lot that seeds doubt that I think is dangerous for the country.
0: Emily, part of all of this is that Democrats Democrats aren't invited to this meeting that's this now become a very big meeting that's going to be happening um, tomorrow to view highly classified information about the Russia probe. Republicans have been hammering for it. The president then started hammering for it. Justice Department officials then said, "Okay, we'll meet. Let's talk. Democrats are now upset. The White House says the reason they're not invited to the meeting is because they never asked for the information. Do They have a point.
2: That sounds pretty ridiculous. I mean, I think all of this goes to the broader theme of this White House of polarizing everything. I'm very concerned by points even that we've heard on this panel today about how if there's political gain for it, if the president can gain points with his base, doesn't matter who he discredits, doesn't matter what institution he discredits. Sure, go ahead. It gives him good poll numbers. That seems normal. It is not normal, and that is what we really need to keep our eye on. It's ridiculous that he would continue to put party over country. We know that he's the master of distraction. He's about—he's all about himself and his own corruption and, um, and. and uh, getting more value for himself and the people mm-hmm. in his cabinet. The problem now is for Republicans who were not so necessarily on board with him in the first place but thought that it was politically advantageous for them to stick with him. They are now clearly hitching their wagon to him. It's not surprising he invited Republicans. It's not surprising to the White House to talk about it. What's surprising at the Republicans that were invited and are going didn't actually say this should be a nonpartisan issue. Where are our colleagues? They are fully on board with him Whoa. polarizing the entire investigation.
0: And John Phillips, how is that for transparency? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> was just as the moment that the president's saying, I'm all about transparency. They're not. It, it, this seems a simple thing where they could say, OK, come on, come on in the meeting. And who knows? Maybe they will. Why does the president need to push on in a conspiracy theory to prove his innocence if he is innocent. That's I think if well, we can like take a more 30,000 foot view of it <laughs> rather than in the minutia that lingers over a lot of these things. If he's On the why? Point.
4: On the point of the Democrats, if they said the Democrats didn't ask for the information and now the Democrats want the information, I would invite them to the meeting with the understanding that you may want to put a bucket underneath Adam Schiff since he leaks like a cup with a hole cut in the bottom of it. Uh, On the greater point... (laughs) And Republicans uh,
0: don't on Capitol Hill. Really? (laughs) Really? They have some problems, too. Equal opportunity. Duly noted.
4: But continue. (laughs) Uh, if I were President Trump, I would continue to go on the attack at Jim Comey and the intelligence community and his critics in that world. Five of them have been forced to resign or they've been demoted for improper behavior. We have an IG report on the Clinton emails. It's going to be coming out. It's allegedly 400 pages, and that's going to be scathing at that community. There is blood in the water. I would go for the kill.
0: Well, let's see if anyone reads the full 400 pages, because it seems that there's still people who have not read the Intelli- intelligence community's 2017 report on what exactly happened in the election, because they keep telling me they haven't read it, even though it was only 25 pages. OK, stand by. More to come. A historic night for women in politics. It is a sign of thing. Is it a sign of things to come in the midterms? What happened last night? We'll look ahead when we come back.
2: to thrive because our best lives are within reach. This is our moment, our chance to lift up Georgia. And if we fight, if we push, if we work, we will win.
0: That was Stacey Abrams, the first black woman in U.S. history nominated to run for governor by one of the major U.S. political parties. Abrams' victory in, in last night's Georgia Democratic primary was just one of, of several Um, by women candidates whose wins made history. But do last night's results tell us anything about how the midterms might actually turn out? Let's go back to the panel. I'm actually quite curious um, to see if the left and the right have the same answer on this one. What was the biggest headline out of last night? Emily, what, what do you think?
2: It was definitely Stacey Abrams. It was definitely women. I think we're seeing phase two of the reaction of the election of Donald Trump. Um, you know, phase one was the women's march. It was women taking leadership roles. It was it was women running for office. But there's still kind of an open question as to see would women show up to the would they show up to vote? It's one thing to run is another thing to gain the trust of your community. And what we're seeing from last night in the elections that we've seen is that people are willing to give women a chance. We're seeing um, huge turnout on the Democratic side, much, much more enthusiasm than we're seeing on the right. Um, so I think it's a pretty good indication of the fact that people who are representing their communities by being authentic. Dick, uh, by being authentically progressive in many cases, uh, will end up representing them in the midterm elections.
0: Doug, is that the headline?
7: Well, I think that's part of it, but, but the answer... Kate, is that it's complicated. Like, like we say in dating, it is complicated. If you, if you look at a lot of the um, votes that we've seen so far, no question about Democratic enthusiasm, no question that uh, women candidates on the Democratic side have done extremely well, and that Stacey Abrams is a rock star. But let's also look at the economy. Let's also look at President Trump's poll numbers. The Republicans are even leading in, um, in, in, the, um, in the ballot test right now in, in at least one poll, which is brand new, which is to say, when you're six months out, Trying to predict exactly what's going to happen in a midterm election is a very difficult thing to do. In 2010, no one was talking about a Republican takeover six months out.
0: But it's so much fun to talk about it six <laughs> months out. Then I can re- play the tape back for you guys when you're right or wrong after Election Day. See, that's how it works. the problem, John. <laughs> John, if midterm elections are all about exactly, if midterm elections are all about enthusiasm, I just want to play this soundbite for you once again. Listen. Sure.
1: But if Democrats gain power, they will try to reverse these incredible gains. These are historic gains. They will try and reverse many of them. So your vote in 2018 is every bit as important as your vote in 2016. Although I'm not sure I really believe that, but, you know. (laughs) I don't know who the hell wrote that line. I'm not sure. But it's still important, remember.
0: (laughs) How's that helping you get out the vote there, John Phillips?
4: I don't know if you're aware of this, Kate, but our president has a bit of an ego. And (laughs) his name was on the ballot last time around, and it's not this time around. I would say, as a general rule, the conventional wisdom is yes, that the Democrats have enthusiasm on their side. Historically, the party out of power does well in the midterms. I would note, though, that in the state of California, the L.A. Times just put out their projections as to turnout for our upcoming primary, where there are, I think, five or six targeted House seats. They're predicting six million people to vote. That's exactly the same number that turned out to vote in 2014, which means they're not seeing any increase in intensity between 2014 and 2018. That would be a big problem for the Democrats.
0: Still matters who uh, who, who makes up that six million is is really. Yeah, I think question. that's pretty important. Yeah, I think that might be a big deal. Um, Matt, we're seeing as we're talking about, we're seeing a breakthrough of women candidates, candidates a lot on the Democratic side, not so much on the Republican side. For an international audience, why is that?
6: I, you know, it's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's a lot of energy uh, on the Democratic mm-hmm. side. I think part of it is Hillary Clinton, um, and there was a lot of enthusiasm among women to see the first female presidents, So the loss uh, has energized a lot of, of female candidates on the, on the Democratic side. There's a key stat that came out um, where 70 percent of uh, women uh, in, in, in Democratic primaries where there is not an incumbent, women are beating men 70 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so women are overwhelmingly winning in these primaries uh, on the Democratic side. And that's uh, fueling part of the energy among Democrats. Uh, and the key question is, is sort of whether they can broaden a coalition in a general election uh, in a way that Hillary Clinton didn't in, in 2016.
0: And it kind of feels like it's just the beginning, folks. Great to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy anniversary. 40,
6: thank you.
4: Congratulations. Thank
0: you so much. We're so old now. This is day 489 of President Trump's administration, and it's also 167 days until those midterm elections. That's the state of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow.